outside of the confines of your personality, there's a liberating feeling. I've told this before when I first came to God. I, by nature, my personality is an introvert. I'm the one who just kind of sit in the back of the room and watch the party. I'm not part of the party. I just watch it. Just glad to be there, but I'm not just that outgoing. And I learned that when I defied my personality and gave God that thing that really He was wanting, there was a liberation and an experience, an explosion in my spirit in my worship for God and here's what it did it changed church see sometimes we come on a Wednesday and it's like oh it's just Wednesday night and I'm just here because I gotta be here I'm not here then, you know I'll be missed and it's just kinda here but when I made up in my mind I'm gonna come and I'm gonna defy my personality I'm not gonna do what my neighbor's doing or what my neighbor thinks I'm gonna just unsolicited just praise him lift my hands and get involved in what I'm doing not just lift my hands but God I praise you right now I even begin to close my eyes because I don't want to see nobody else I want my mind and my heart to be fixed on him and just praise and worship him I promise you there's a liberating power that comes when you praise God unfettered some quiet, shy, timid. That's one personality. The other one would be you're only provoked when it's anger. God's asking you here tonight, can you just offer me a free gift of thanksgiving and praise? Without me doing one thing for you, without me giving you one gift, without me fixing one problem, I know we got needs all in this building tonight, but can I just love him because he's good? See, something's already wanting to shut me down right now. I can feel it in the spirit. That spirit of witchcraft is alive and well in Indian Village. Do I have any family tonight that wants to say, Brother Benoit, I'm going to let it come from my belly just for a moment. Come on, let's don't choke the preacher tonight. Let's don't choke this service tonight. Let's let it come from our belly. You may leave here with a miracle tonight. Jesus, I praise you. Come on, shout it out. Jesus, I praise you. Thank the Lord. Oh, it's feeling good. I think it was one of those old preachers I, I was listening to, Brother Fon. I don't know if you referred it to me or it was one I listened to some of my old tapes in the 70s. I was listening to some cassettes of maybe Brother Ewan, Brother Tenney, I don't remember. But I remember them saying, going to that pulpit, he said, it's a sad day when a preacher's got to ask you to worship God. Praise Him. And I thought to myself, well, that old devil's still around. He's just in a different dress. It's still the same old thing having to just, come on, come on. Folks, the, the darker this hour gets, the hotter we've got to be in our prayer, our praise, and our worship. And if our pulpits aren't pushing us, pressing us in a flame with a, a fire of the Holy Ghost, y'all need to fire that dude. Y'all need to fire him.
You need to fire, fire, the, fire the saints, fire all of them. Get everybody on board and on fire. Fire the board, fire the Sunday school director, Brother Brian. We're not firing you. You can hang on. We just got you hired. You ain't going nowhere. We just got to have a move of God. And I say that symbolically. We got to have a manifestation of God is what we got to have. And I feel that spirit of God moving on this Wednesday night. First Wednesday night of the new year. Great anticipation and feelings, emotions. If you started off your week like I did, and I'm sure both you and I can testify tonight, something just don't want this year to go right. Can I get an amen from somebody in the cheap seats? Something, Brother Fontenot, just don't want this to kick off with all the that we declared was going to happen. So somebody, and that somebody's me and you, we're going to roll up our sleeves, and I'm going to say it like old brother Godwin used to say, the devil's fitting to have a bad year. I'm not going to let him take not one more thing that's not his. Oh, I'll let him take what he is, but he ain't taking what's mine and God's promise to me. God bless you. Be seated here for a moment. Let me. Now I tell you what, I've had many people come to me and say, Brother Benoit, you need to be behind that pulpit. And I'm telling you what, to you that have come to me, again, I say I'm not deifying or putting any eternal significance on this pulpit. But it just feels right being behind this thing. I feel like I'm in a a seat custom made for something. And uh, I thank God for the people of God that it was so encouraging, came to me and out of your love for me. Many of you came in the Holy Ghost, shaking and trembling, saying, Brother Benoit, I feel in the Holy Ghost. This is what, you know, very careful even to advise me, but just very humbly saying, I really feel like this is maybe something that, that you ought to consider. And... Uh, and I feel, I feel the same thing. Some, a couple announcements here tonight. Uh, Brother Fontenot, I wanted to do them. The fast, it starts the 8th, which is this upcoming Sunday. goes through the 14th. The 8th through the 14th. We've got that on the board uh, as well. But just wanted to make that announcement. Uh, some, I think we even had some start uh, this week. So if you already started, you can keep on going. That's... I, I don't want you to stop you three days, four days into it. That wouldn't be good. Stop, and you're going to start back another seven more days. No, you can keep on going if you want. That's up to you. But uh, church-wide fast will start on the 8th or the 14th. Prayer, we moved it from the last or Monday ago, two days ago. We will have it on the 9th, which is this upcoming Monday. Uh, we will have prayer here in the sanctuary, our regularly scheduled Monday prayer of the month. We moved it to the 9th. And then that last service after the fast, which is the 15th, uh, we'll be having a communion. And uh, a lot of people, I say a lot, a few, have asked me, Brother Benoit, you know, tell me your reasoning or, or what's your thoughts or what are you feeling? And, and my thoughts or feelings with it is I've toyed with it. Uh, back where I was, how I was raised in my latter years, we had communion and foot washing uh, New Year's Eve night. And, uh, and that's great and good, and that's how I was brought up in it. And, uh, and I 
again, I say that and I make this clear. I'm not saying that's wrong. Uh, just what I have felt for us coming off of that fast, uh, for the most part, those that are part of it, I feel like we would be better positioned and prepared. The Bible talks about eating of the Lord's body or taking of it unworthily. Paul talks about this. And there's a great admonition that Paul gives the church in Corinth telling them that when you take communion, you better make sure that you, you're, you're, you're in right place with God. You have a repentant heart. You're clean. You're pure. Uh, you know, you've done your part to make way for purity and cleanliness. So with the fast being as such, uh, that's a time of prayer, fasting. We're seeking the Lord. That'll be a media fast as well. Uh, no social media, no uh, whatever else devices other than your emails and phones and text messages. Uh, now some, I know YouTube's a big, big proponent or that's a fan, but uh, we're going to go no media for those seven days, no food, no media uh, for seven days. And then we'll come together on that Sunday night, and I'm going to believe, and I'm believing, asking you to believe with me, that that Sunday night, it will be a night that will be divinely orchestrated of the Lord. I don't know about you, and I've taken this on. I've got people calling me, wanting me to come uh, preach different places, uh, Kentucky, California. And, and, and I told my wife, uh, I think it was her I told, I might have told my dad, um, <clears throat> I'm not interested in just being in services. I'm not interested in just filling a pulpit. I'm interested in having a transforming encounter with God. That's what I'm after. And I said all that to say that's what I'm believing Sunday will be. That when we take communion and we will have foot washing. Now, I got a pretty good photographic memory of faces. So don't be absent on foot washing night because I made the announcement early. Clip your toenails, do whatever you got to do. And let's make ready for that humbling experience of washing each other's feet. And I believe God's going to meet us there. I believe it's going to be a very special night uh, for us together and uh, in, in, in communion and foot washing. And I'll preach a message, obviously, but it'll be all kind of conjoined together. So does that sound good to everybody? Do you feel a little bit what I'm feeling in here just by me? I'm not screaming and I'm not shouting it, but I'm asking you to buy into it with your spirit because I promise you it'll be a whole lot more profitable if we'll just buy into it with our spirit and instead of it just being, oh, this is just something the church does or that's something pastors do. And I don't ever want it to be that way. I want it to be a God thing. Everybody say amen. If you got your Bibles, Ephesians is where I'm going to start tonight. Brother Ron, do you got... I can give you a couple scriptures here if you'd like. You can jot them down. Uh, Ephesians uh, is where I'm going to go uh, first. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. And I'm going to start with, um, uh, let's start with verse 19. And then we'll, after that, if you would, find me Romans uh, 1, chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. And uh, let's start on 18 on that one. Ron, and then the next one will be 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 4. That'll just kind of get us started. And if we get further, I'll give you some more. You know, I, I saying what I said a moment ago, um, we, we're at a difficult, we're at a difficult, but yet a great potential place. Uh, right now with, with everything that's happening, not just in the world, but in the church, 
the church is at a crossroad that it has never been at before. And when I say that, let me qualify it. There's always been opponents to the Word of God and truth. And again, these spirits are not anything new. But the mindset of people, and catch me from the beginning of this or you're going to miss this. I'm not just verbal foddering here. I've got pages of stuff I can, I can read and say to you. The mindset of people has changed. The church has not changed. The Word of God has not changed. We say, here's the coin saying, man, where did the time go? Time is flying by. Well, you and I both know time don't fly by. Time is just as consistent and ticking. It has not changed. But we have changed in our approach to how we do everything. We've changed in how we approach church. Yeah, I think some of you elders, I think back of the days when you were going to church and growing up as boys, Brother Wade, the Savon men or the... Uh, Brother Fontenot, you, you, you older men that raised in church, some of you older ladies, Sister Gail, you'll remember. When it, it was a mindset. The whole week was geared to, we're going to church on Wednesday night. And, and there, was no, there was no, you wasn't going to miss church. I mean, you came in bandages, bandaged up, crippled up. I done heard the stories. My old daddy made me come, however you, you know. Because the mindset was, there was something in that word and it's absolute I've got to be to the house of God and what's happened our mindsets now have changed and it has caused the eroding of absolutes in the things of God I'm going to talk about the mind tonight the mind I'm not coming to you with some pop psychology and a bunch of medical journals they're out there you can get them matter of fact they got tons of people that do research on all that I don't really care about all that I want to know what the Word of God says for what I'm dealing with in my mind and what you're dealing with in your mind and if our mindsets brother Wade have changed it is to my due diligence that I figure out how can I keep my mind engaged in the things of God? Because, folks, this thing's not get, it's not getting no easier for the mind. And just y'all bear with me. Is it okay that I'm not just going crazy at the beginning? Let, let me just tell you as it, it came to me the last few days. They've got all this now stuff, this VR, virtual reality. And, and that's fine. It's no big deal. I checked it out the other day. Put it on. Man, it's a cool little thing. It makes you do all kind of weird stuff. But here's the thing about it. I saw on the news another one is you can create a person virtually and make them into exactly what you want them to be. Basically, what you're doing is you're tricking your mind to believe that that's a reality now therefore erasing absolutes basically what I'm trying to say is we need to learn how to undo our mind and get back to how we got this in the beginning and do you know that in the scripture he gives us the word Revert back, reverse it back in the scripture. 
So I'm saying all this, and we'll get to it here. Find that scripture for me. Ephesians 4 is where we're going to go. Ephesians 4 and verse 19. Ephesians 4 19. Paul is talking to the church in Ephesus. Now, for, for just a little quick backdrop, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. The, the church in Ephesus was, if you could call it anything, it was the spiritual warfare book church. That when he dealt with Ephesus, he's dealing with principalities, powers, uh, armor of God. He, he's dealing with prayer. He's dealing with these things that are coming against. Now, understand what Ephesus was. Paul turned it over to Timothy. And Timothy's pastoring 50,000 people in Ephesus. Ephesus was where the Greek goddess Diana was. Diana was the immoral, if you ever saw a picture of the statue of Diana, it's an immoral picture of fertility and sexual immorality. In turn, coming from spiritual perversion. And Paul is trying to address this church in Ephesus that there's some guidelines, there's some things that you've got to undo in your mind because if you don't, those old things that are hanging around Ephesus are going to get a hold of your mind again. See, and here's what's so hard for us. Many of us here tonight come from, uh, for most part, you've been raised in church, but other people here tonight, maybe you come from a different uh, background of religion. Maybe you are come from Catholicism. You come from Baptist. You come from Church of God. Or you come from some other background for the most part. I know most people here were born in, in, in truth. But, but people that are coming into it, that their mind is uh, so indoctrinated by what they come from. This is what Paul is trying to talk to. He's talking to people that are in the church but come from paganism. They come from different uh, idolatries and different uh, just, just sorceries and demonic worship. They're coming into the church and Paul is trying to deal with this and he gets into it with the mind here in a moment. But it's not exclusive to just people that come from outside. And I see it some, I, I got many friends that, that come out of the Catholic faith. And, and you, you can, it's almost like there's a residue that, that stays there on them. And, and it's not, I don't say that in a negative way. They're very kind, sweet people. And, and what will happen is, and I think, and I'll call it by name, Miss Nancy. Miss Nancy, Nick Preu's mama. She, she'll come and many times she'll ask for prayer. And when she asks for prayer, she tries to give me money for the prayer. She's sweet and bless her heart for it. And no, that's not how this works. You're not paying for a prayer, but the mindset is, you know, she's gotten the Holy Ghost, she's been baptized in Jesus' name, but there's still that thinking in her mind that this is how, and that's not in the scripture, but yet that's the thing that's been put in her mind, and that's all she knows. Paul is dealing with people like that. And it's not just people like that, but I'm, I'm gonna come down to uh, some, some that have been born in truth. Raised in truth, but never got a fullness of truth. We've got Acts 2.38 down, might have a little bit of an understanding of holiness, but the full knowledge of truth hasn't come yet to that. that doesn't, that's not a negative. That doesn't mean uh, it's bad. It just means that they're in the meanwhile, till God can get the truth and the fullness of truth in us, our mind is under a constant bombardment. Now, does that all make sense? That's just my groundwork. So I'm trying to include everybody, whether you're raised in church or outside of church. 
there is an attack against the mind. And Paul starts it in 19, or this thought thread. Who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness. Lasciviousness means no restraints. That's what they came from. Now, now keep in mind, this is what's hitting us. You are constantly bombarded by a mindset from the world. No restraints. And you wonder why it's hard to get to church. Come on, somebody. Y'all stay with me tonight. You wonder sometimes why it's hard to live, why it's hard to pray. You're not a devil. My mind is under an attack from this world principle that says throw off restraints it don't matter if you pray it don't matter if you come to church watch we're fixing to get into holiness it don't matter if you're holy throw off restraints dress however you want act however you want go wherever you want do whatever you want you have you don't have to submit to no authority throw off restraints is Paul painting the picture clear? He's telling these people, these past unrestraints, you better identify it, to work all uncleanliness and unrighteousness. Paul said, here's what it does. When you throw off restraints, you're going to open yourself up to an immoral spirit, and an unrighteous spirit. That's why, ooh, I just want to get into this. I see it so clear. And I'm going to call it like it is. These charismatic cowboys that they don't believe about nothing, they are now reporting their immorality rates amongst the, the leaders, the preachers, is at an all-time high. Hillsong, if you're a fan of Hillsong, you need to come up here and let me pray for you. Because here's why. Where there's a void of truth, you're opening yourself to a demonic world that you don't have the strength without Christ and submission to Him to keep that door closed. And Paul said, when you throw off these unrestraints, you're opening yourself to something unclean and up something that is going to be unrighteous. So he's giving them the, the admonition. Here it is. But ye have not so learned of Christ. He's saying, this is not what you've been taught. Then why are you letting your mind play games with you why are you letting uh, listen folks th th this is one of the prevailing and I feel it bumping me so hard here tonight hear me this is why people can't their minds are broke I could go through this congregation tonight eyes closed head down say is your mind broke there would be hands raised all across this building our minds are broke and it's not because we're a devil it's because our mindset has changed about how we view the truth in God's Word. 
You say, oh, Brother Ben, well, I still believe in Acts 2.38. I know that. That's not what I... There are other truths in God that you and I have not embraced. Let me, let me declare, just because you and I are a Pentecost, we do not have all the truth. We don't have all the truth there is that God wants to show us in. We have salvational truth. He said, if you're not careful, you're going to open yourself. But this is not how you were taught. You were taught, and I... I, I I'm glad we got so established elders here. Not just use the example, brother Wade. It would be like Paul telling you were taught better than that, brother Wade. You were taught better than that. That's what Paul's trying to say. You were taught better than that. Even some of you that come from different faiths, you had a praying mama. You know about prayer. Then why don't we pray? And what Paul's trying to tell them is, you know better than that. Brother Smith, you know better than that. Why don't you pray? Why don't you fast? You know better than that. You've learned, but what's happened is our mindset now has changed. And our minds are broke now. And God's coming in here coming. I'm ready to do this in the end time. That's why I really feel the conclusion of that, that scripture that says, for scarcely a righteous man will be saved. Here's what's going to make it. It ain't going to be over doctrine. It's going to be over people having a mind that's able to comprehend Jesus is about to come and I better make sure that me and my family is ready. It's not that it's hard to get to heaven for scarcely a righteous man is going to be saved. That's not it. It's if are we going to have a mind that's going to be in tune with and fixed on the things of God. Our battle in the end time is going to be having a mind that's healed. Tonight, God's going to touch some people's minds. If you can rein it in for the next few minutes and just let the Word of God work in you, not me. I can't fix a headache. I can give them. But that Word can heal somebody's mind tonight. And where your mind is broken, you got walls or you got barriers against God or against this or against that. Maybe your finances have turned belly up and you're bitter. I had a conversation. You got to be careful on all these conversations. Lord. I had a conversation of somebody just so mad and, or, or, or embittered against some things that they feel. Folks, listen. God has been good to us. He's been faithful to us. If God don't ever heal me, if God don't ever fix my problem, if God don't ever save the one I've been praying for for 30 years, God is still God. They've got a will. They need to make a decision and get off their backside and do what's right. We've coddled and coddled and tolerated. I say again, that spirit of witchcraft's alive and well, and we've tolerated that witchcraft. When we need to take that thing by the nap of the neck and break its neck, that it has no dominion over the families in Indian Village. I'm telling you, God has kept this church. This church should have dried up and blown away a long time ago. But God's kept it because there's a purpose in this church dating back 50, 60, 70 years of promises and prophecies. You and I are going to be the victors of tearing this down.
Paul said, you have not learned, but ye have not so learned Christ. He said, if so be, ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. There it is again. Remember last Wednesday? Truth. He's connecting truth in Jesus. Eight separate persons, one. If so be that they've heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in him. Here it is. Put off. Number one, write it down if you're taking notes. Put off. Put off. You're going to need this in the future. We ought to take notes in church. Or take it on your phone, record it. If you got a good memory, good. But write it down. Because I'm fixing to give you three things that Paul specifically gives us. Put it off is the first thing. He said, put off concerning the former conversation. He starts now saying, you got to put off. That word put off comes from the word deriving or meaning like you take a coat and you take it off. You take it off. Set it aside. He don't stop there. He says the former conversation. Now he's fixing to connect something with this in the next verse. And then he's going to pick back up with it again. Your conversation is what you... Because the way you're talking, you're carrying something you don't need to carry. Now who would get honest with me tonight and say, You know what? I, I'm not talking about saying cuss words. I'm talking about things that I say that reflects my old nature. Things like I used to be. Has anybody been set free from anything in a relationship with God and then sometimes that old thing just wants to resurrect again, that old feeling, that old thought pattern, that old... Paul's saying, listen to me, when that thing begins to come up in you, don't go back to it and start talking about it. Because if I'm truly in Christ, Colossians, where now you are baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. There's an exchange. I take off, but I'm putting on. I'm taking off with the old man. I'm taking off these old things. You say, Benoit, it's, is it just that easy? It's that easy. Now, let me give you the end part of it. Here's the negative. It don't ever stop. And the closer it gets to the coming of the Lord, Brother Roger, the more we're going to fight putting off and putting on. The more we're going to fight taking things off of my old ways and my old thoughts. Because, man, I get a little victory. Man, I have a good Sunday night service. Come Monday and Tuesday, here comes my old fear. My old worries. Doubt. Unbelief. Paul said, you better put it off, the former conversation, the old man. Here it is, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. Man, let me tell you what. Can you imagine Paul as a pastor? Huh, Brother Way? I mean, he called him ignorant. No kidding. He called him ignorant. He called him foolish. Look at what he's saying here. He don't, he don't sugarcoat nothing. He's saying, if you don't put it off, and shut your mouth, you're going to fall into deceitful lust. I mean, how plain is that, Kyle? That ain't sugarcoating it. That's just flat out saying, I got to shut my mouth 
And if I'm going to speak anything, let the life and the death that's in this tongue, let it be life to me and the things of God and what God has for me. And if I'm going to speak any death, let it be on the enemy that's robbed me of joy, hope, and peace. Then he says, and here's the kicker, verse 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now hold on. That word renewed, it's the one I referred to a while ago. It means revert back. Everything I know about God is move forward. So what Paul was trying to tell them, and here was the revelation I got out of this right here. God don't ever tell you to go backward unless you left something that you needed to go forward. Come on, somebody. Stay with me. I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. What was it that I laid? Where is the tombstone that marks where you gave up? Where is the mark that you gave up on that marriage? You gave up on that answer coming from God. You gave up on that family. You gave up on that son. You gave up on that, you gave up on that business. You gave up on... And there's a tombstone right there. But yet you kept moving on in God. Here's how it happens. And now our mind is missing something. Because I needed that and I needed to hold on and not be impatient until God delivered the answer. Let me help somebody. If God ever told you he's going to do it, you keep believing until God does it. God don't lie and in him there's no shadow of turning. If God said it, he's going to do it. And everything about God is forward. Add to your faith virtue. Add to your faith. Add, add, add. But here he's saying, renew. Renew. The, the, the literal translation says, go back to youthfulness. That doesn't mean you and I, Brother Wade, go back to 30 years ago when we could run and jump and, 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 and have all these freedoms in our body. What he's saying is, go back to that youthful, innocent mind. Because somewhere in your mind, all this other junk from paganism and idolatry and the world that you and I have to live in, it's lodged in our brain. Our mind, heart, synonymous. And he's saying, you're going to have to let the Holy Ghost renew you. The answer for the healing of a broke mind is having the Holy Ghost pray through you. Somebody hear me tonight. I've been with the Lord a few days and I'm telling you, he's given me a clear direction for somebody. The preacher's not going to fix your mind. Coming to church is not going to fix your mind. Buying a new car ain't going to fix your mind. A new house, a new boat, a new whatever. It's not going to. The only thing that's going to fix a broken mind is you got to come back to that place of innocence where you first got the Holy Ghost and you let the Spirit begin to pray through you. Let the Spirit begin to flow through you and you begin to speak in another tongue. It's the renewing of the Spirit. I ain't got time to qualify it. It's there in the Scripture. Praying in the Spirit is the renewing of your spirit by the Spirit of God. 
That's why these people that say, well, man, you ain't got to talk in tongues. You do it one time and that's good. You have no Bible for that. I can countlessly tell you time and time again, your mind is going to be broke until there's a renewing of the Spirit of God within you. You can come to church and church will be nice to you and love you and you'll be a family and, and on and so forth. But you're never going to experience the relationship in God that so many people have already gone on to experience because they knew how to get a renewing in the mind. They knew that the only way that's going to happen, I got to get in the flow of God's Spirit and the moving of that Spirit's going to flow out. How do you know the Spirit's moving in you? You speak a language you ain't never spoke before. That's the telltale sign that your Spirit led, that your Spirit flowing, that your Spirit used. When the tongue begins to go, that's the sign. See, that old denominational spirit wants to shut me down right here. I feel it. And I'm so glad Brother Morgan said what he said the other night. Calling these things out like they are. I'm so tired of tolerating this spirit. I'm sugarcoating it and dancing around it because I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. There are souls at stake because we're playing with spirits of Catholicism and false doctrine that needs to be broken. Come on, mamas and daddies and grandpas. Your sons and daughters are bound by it. But your prayer, your worship, the Word of God can break it. That old denominational mindset just wants to sit down on us and just say, Well, I made the analogy before. What separates me from a, from a, a denominational church? We're one God and we're demonstrative in our praise and worship. Where you and I don't echo back and respond back to the word of God. Where we don't echo back to the word of God. We're no more. You're letting that residue of denominational stay with this. Come on, are we going to break it or not? I, I'm, I'm going to declare, God, I believe that. God, I want that. I'm not saying be hard. I'm not saying be unkind. Some of my dearest friends are of denominational factor. But we need to call it like it is from the word of God. A man's got to repent and he's got to be baptized in Jesus' name. And he's got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Outside of that, there is no salvation. trying to drill that by spiritual unction into your spirit not that you become caustic or hard or acidic walking on street corners and declaring people are going to hell that's not what I'm advocating what I'm advocating is that the word of God gets so a hold of your heart that at 2 o'clock in the morning you can't sleep because you're thinking about Johnny that's bound by false doctrine and you begin to pray in the name of Jesus I bind that false doctrine I bind that spirit of the trinity I bind that paganism that tries to kill people and rob family after family Silence. Don't get too excited, Brother Benoit. You're going to offend somebody. Brother Benoit, you're going to hurt somebody. Do I need to give you scripture? Jesus said, I come with a sword. You know what it said? I come to put variance between mother and daughter. You know what it just said? He said, I'm not coming to cause a problem with your family. But if truth, if you can't love truth enough, to say you gotta go mama you gotta go daughter you gotta go I'm not saying be unkind but truth should never come 
people, family, should never come between truth and the things that God has for you and I. Y'all, we got our work cut out for us here. Based on the response I'm getting right now, it's either going to kill me or move me, one of the two. I'm going to beat that. Brother Ewan told me this a long time ago. He said, son, he said, don't ever move from your position. He said, you got a hold of this. And here's what else he said. He said, you know where God's going to send you? I was dealing with a man in Lafayette. He was a Catholic man. He had more degrees. He could have put the Jesuit priest under the table in his understanding of everything. From, from, from St. Thomas Aquinas to, to Clement of Rome, he understood them backwards and forwards. And I had him for five years, four years. After I got done with that, I came to Brother Ewan. I told him what was going on. He said, let me tell you something. Another man walked up at the same time. He said, Brother you, Brother Benoit, he said, where God's going to put you is going to be slap dab in the middle of that Catholicism. So, you either with me and we're going to break it or I'm going to pray you move on down the road. I told you, I'm not here playing. I'm not here for a paycheck. I had paychecks all in my path. I'm here to break something that your sons and daughters can come in the back door. And I need a church family. I know you're with me and you love me. But I need you with me in the spirit that we can tear down some strongholds. Paul said, here it is. Be renewed. Go back to that youthful spirit in your mind. Second one. That ye put on the new man. So take off the old, put on the new, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Here's what he's saying, Brother Roger. When you take it off, put it back on. Put Christ on, which is holiness and righteousness. When I begin to go back to how I was when I first embraced the Word of God in that youthful innocence, you're at the beginning stages of learning about a holy, righteous God. All these people that want to say, do this, do I'm all for that being holy, but you hear me. Holiness don't start with what you wear. Holiness starts with what's in your mind and how your relationship with God is. clarify I was not saying anything about me moving and leaving this church I've had some people come and say brother Bill, please don't leave I'm not going nowhere I meant I'm not moving from my position now I did not or I did mean I will pray you out of here I love you, but revival's greater to me than anything, any friendship. Daddy, you better get right or I'll pray you up on out of here too. God ain't no respecter of persons and neither am I. And put on the new man, which is after Christ created. Get this part, righteousness and true holiness. Now hold on. Let me interject this. I'm fixing to get into holiness, not tonight, but I'm going to get into it. How can we embrace holiness? Some of you elders, you'll love this. How can I teach holiness to this younger generation when their minds broke? It's just going to be laws. If I tell them, you got to do this, I'll birth Pharisees. 
But if I can show them why we do, from a mind that wants to know more about God, it will no longer be, I got to do that. I got to dress like that. I can't do that. It'll be, look at what I get to do because it draws me closer to God. It draws me closer to Him in a relationship. Holiness is not hardness. Holiness is a privilege that you and I have. But man, it's made it hard. It's not hard. It's a privilege. It, it's, and it starts in the mind, my thoughts got to be renewed put on there the new man which is after God created righteous number verse 25 number three wherefore put it away now here's what Paul leave that for me there brother Ron here's what Paul said he said put off put on put away take off the old manner here's what's happened we've come to God and we still try to carry some of the old man and it's got to go your past has got to go unforgiveness has got to go bitterness has got to go hurts got to go see let's just get real honest we're careful today because of mistakes of yesterday that's good because experience is a good teacher but sometimes experience is not true you're dealing with human variables and people that are not Godly, And those people that are not godly have hurt you and abused you and, and done things wrong to you. And it's caused you and I to become jaded. And now our mind is broke. It's broke because of this thing that happened way back here. And now my mind's not complete. And God's coming in here saying, I'm a holy God. And if you want to get close to me, you're going to have to be holy too. Not just in what you dress, but in your heart, your mind. And if you want to see my holiness, you've got to be holy. But how can I come when my mind is so messed up? Come on, is there anybody that's honest to say, I'll say it, I messed up, Dad. I messed up, Brother Smith. Sitting on the, the Say Two Lounge, Pats of Henderson, 30 years ago, eight year old boy. Watching them down fifths of crown. It messes up your head. I'm sitting there watching them drink, and, and they're, they're drinking crown and they're drinking all this other stuff. And it, here's it it's a party. And as a boy, I'm looking at it going, well, this is how you have fun. So I get a little bit older, and now that's what I want to do. So now my mind's broke. You take that simple illustration, and nothing against you, Dad. You were a great father. But you take simple illustration. What happened with you that you perceive this is what it is? And now your mind is trying to wrap some wrap itself around. God wants to heal you. God wants to do a miracle for you. God wants to save you. God wants, and we're looking at it going, I'm not good enough. Because in my mind, my past says, that's not how this works. Or, I've never seen a miracle like that. I've never seen this happen. The mind's broke. And Paul said, listen to me. And here's the message for all of us. We've got to put off whatever it is that's keeping us from God. That's why I like this fast and media. Let it be a time that God makes you and I aware. What's something separate? Is it, is it something in your crawl over Brother Smith? Is it something in your mind about your mama beat you? And I, and I can't stand my mama. 
My dad twisted my ear when I was a kid, made me stand on my toes. I don't know. What is it that you went through? I'm not saying we're all psychologically, psychological victims here and need to be on a counselor's couch. That's not what I'm advocating. What I'm saying is reflect and revert back to the innocence of when you first engaged a relationship with Jesus. And at that moment, let the healing to your mind begin. Because until you go there, your mind is going to stay broke and there ain't no preacher, pastor, nobody. You can lay and take medicines and figure and talk all your troubles out. It ain't never going to change a mind that's broke. Put it off. Put on Christ. And then what was the last one? Put it away. We need to have an old-fashioned bonfire. And put away some old things. Put away some old things. Put away some old relics. Put away some things that are hindering you from Him. Put it away. What time is it? Okay. Brother Ron, go down to verse. Put away. Let's skip down to verse 26 because I want to finish this tonight. 26. Be ye angry. Now watch. And sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. We've quoted that forever. First of all, that's... That's right. Hey, you let her just preach out. That's fine. That's right. Keep preaching, baby. Keep preaching. Be angry and sin not. And let not the sun go down. Here's what that's speaking of. Time. Not literally the sun come up and the sun go down. He's speaking of time. Chronos. And what he's trying to say is, is if you get angry, this is key. I'm, I'm really, I'm going to be coming to a close. I got this verse and the next verse and Dip it in there. It's a new year. He said, be angry, sin not. If you're going to get angry, don't sin. And don't let time go very long. Now watch. Hold me right there, Brother Ron. I'm coming back to that. I want you to go to verse 27. Before you do, I want you to go to Romans chapter 21. Uh, verse 1. Uh, chapter 1, verse 21. I said it a little further back, Brother Ron, but let's just for sake of time. Chapter 1. Oh, it's just too good. Let me go to 18, and I'm going to read it fast. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold, here it is again, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Same thing Paul's saying. Truth has come to them. They don't want to deal with it. Their mind, they're letting their old past get in their mind and it's robbing them of truth. Verse 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. They had an experience back in your beginning. And it says, and it manifests in them for God has shewed in them. So God showed up. They got the revelation. What this verse, I'm going to paraphrase it real fast. It's talking about the oneness. They got a revelation of the one God and they walked away from it. Okay. Watch this. Verse 19, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shewn it unto them. Verse 20, for the invisible things of him from creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by things that are made, even his eternal 
power and Godhead. There's a name. He revealed the name. He revealed one God to them. And here's what he said. Anybody that don't believe in one God has no excuse. One God. Because that when they knew God, that revelation is going to come to everybody on the planet. And they're going to have a shot at this. And if they don't take a shot, this is why the church has to be in a position of prayer. Because when that revelation of God comes to them, we've got to be praying, God, don't let them miss it. Let them hear it. Let them receive it. Let them embrace it. The church has got to hold the position of prayer. Verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful. Don't anybody ever tell you being thankful don't matter. He said because they were not thankful, here's what happened to them. They became vain in their imagination. Their foolish heart was dark and professing this to be fools. Basically, he gave them over to unnatural affections. Men and men, women and women, because they were unthankful. They never maintained in their mind the original, innocent relationship with God when they started this. Whether they were a kid, I say kid, the word is youthful. But wherever it started, whether you're 30 years old or you're 15 years old, you got to maintain that innocence before God. And he said, because they did not do that. He said, I gave them over to be fools. But here's verse 21. They were not thankful, became vain in their imagination. Now watch this. Imagination means in their mind they were disputing what was true. They had an argument in their mind. Is this true? Is there one God or is there multiplicity of God? And they're arguing in their mind. Imagination and their heart was darkened it means darkened means covered to the understanding of the mind so because they did not stay in that that position of innocence before God when God first gave them truth brother Wade their mind now starts arguing does it really matter does truth really matter? Does it matter that I'm faithful to the house of God? Does it matter how I live? Does it matter that I praise and worship God? Does it matter how we dress? Does it matter? And they're arguing in their mind, and the Bible says that because this arguing and disputing within themselves, their mind now, heart, mind, synonymous, becomes darkened. They now cannot understand. Does that make sense? Okay, now... Y'all got that down good. I don't need to say that again. Go to 2 Corinthians, and then we'll go, go to Ephesians to close. 2 Corinthians, real fast. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. Second Corinthians 2, 2, 10, 4 through 5. 10, 10, 4 through 5. 4 through 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down. Here it is. If you and I have a broke mind, there's an answer. I got to cast down that imagination. I got to stop that argument in my head. I feel like I'm losing some of y'all tonight. I'm trying to help you in your mind. A psychologist ain't going to fix what's going on in your mind. And ain't nobody else going to be able to fix it. But if I can glean from here, I'm arguing in my mind. God cares. I got it under the sound of God cares. No, God don't. God loves me. No, God don't. God's going to use me. No, God ain't. 
and we're arguing in our mind. God's going to heal my marriage. No, he ain't. God's going to fix my marriage. No, he ain't. God's going to fix my relationship with my wife and my husband. No, he ain't. And there's an argument in your mind, and your mind is broke. And I'm arguing back and forth, and if I keep the arguing match, there's going to be a darkened covering, and you're not going to be able to see no truth. You see the severity. You're not going to be able to see it. Your mind now is going to be all darkened, and you're not going to be able to comprehend. And now watch. What was good relationships now starts going south, Brother Wade. I'll use you and Sister Becky an example because y'all are innocent in this. Where everything was going good, God's been telling you, Brother Wade, stop doing that. I love you. I'm trying to use you. I want to do it. No, you don't, God. I've been I've done messed up too much. I've made too many mistakes. I've erred too much. Oh, God said no. Come on. And there's this conversation in your mind. You're not crazy. You're not schizophrenic. There's an argument. And what it is is your will, your heart, your mind is arguing against God. And what happens is if that keeps going, a darkened covering is going to, a veil is going to come over that mind. Now watch. The last time I checked, when the light goes out, you can't see. Who cares? I don't need truth. Who cares? I don't need the word of God. Who cares? Okay, I'll, you, fine. I'll give you that one. Sail the ship. But here's the one you're not accounting for. Well, I don't love my wife no more. After 45 years, 60 years of marriage, you don't love her no more? Watch me. What's wrong with you? 60 years of marriage, and now all of a sudden, no, 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 no. There's been an arguing match going on in your head, and you haven't given in and cast down the evil of my, You haven't cast it down, like Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5, that if we wrestle not against flesh and blood, and our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. What he's trying to say is this. Somebody better settle the argument in your head, and the only way that's going to be settled is I cast it down in Jesus' name. You say, Ben, while you're making it too hard, no, let me make it easy when you're going down the road and you're wanting to quit say in Jesus name and cast it down when you feel like you're ready to throw in the towel say in Jesus name not on this day it's mighty through God my head is about to explode I see it brother Smith I see it in like living color why after 60 years of marriage people walk out no rhyme or reason. Just walk out. Or this situation, that situation. Because you, you allowed the truth, the argument to go too long. And now you're, you're covered in darkness. No understanding. And now what you used to know. I love Sister Becky. Now all of a sudden you don't even know if you love her no more. You don't even know no more. Because truth kept coming and saying, Brother Joe, stop it. Stop doing that. I love you. The reason I'm asking you not to do that is because my love in holiness is trying to woo you to me in love and holy. Oh, God, you just don't want me to be having fun. You just don't want me to enjoy myself. God, you're being so hard on me. You mean we got to go to church three times a week? My Lord, I know some that can do one, and it's pretty good. You're in an arguing match. But it gets better. He says, go to casting down your imagination. Okay, verse 5, Brother Ron. Yeah. 
Casting down imaginations and every high thing. Here's your answer. This is the process to healing a mind. I could save a whole lot of psychologists right now. Uh, some good money. Put off. Put on. Put away. And when you get done with that, putting away. You say, Ben, well, how do I do that? When you're going down the road and your mind takes a trip to Bolivia, it takes a trip to no man's land. That's fiery darts coming at you. You're driving down the road. Boy, I just wish I could just drive my car into the ditch and just end it all today. At that moment, he said, cast down evil things. Your mind's broke. And when it's broke, these fiery darts are lodging itself in the cracks of your mind. And the only way you're going to get it out, you've got to cast down that's what Paul's talking about. I, I ain't going to qualify tonight. It's a military term. He literally, he's saying, you better grab it with everything you got, Taylor, and rip it out of your head. Because if you don't rip it out your head, you're going to be lost. Is that how the old preachers preached back in the old days, wasn't it, Brother Wade? Now it's, come on, Tay-Tay. You're such a sweetheart. You and little Dylan, y'all are just so sweet. Just keep on loving Jesus. No. No. No, because here's the problem. We got a lot of people that kept on loving Jesus, and they got strongholds in their mind, Brother Wade, and now their minds are broke, and God's trying to move us into a new dimension, a new place of revival, and they're going, I can't go there. You know why you can't go there? Your mind's broke, but God gave us an answer. Put off, put on, put away. Call on the name of Jesus for the mighty God. He's able to cast down strongholds, and these things that are enveloping your mind, it can be cast away. I plead the blood of Jesus over my mind I pleaded over my spirit so I cast it down go back to Ephesians 4 this is it I close Ephesians 4 Ephesians 4 okay and I said all that about strongholds mine everybody with me now let's go to that last one be angry and sin not Paul you, you think he just randomly put that in there here it is neither give place to the devil Here's what it means. Place means opportunity. Paul is saying, deal with that anger quickly. The word is opportunity, and it's used in this place, place, and it means region. It's a Greek word, topos, which in this place, or where we get the English word topography. It can also translate office. Suggesting an area of jurisdiction or a jurisdiction, a sphere, and an influence where someone has gained. Now let's put it in there. If I don't get a hold of my anger, you're going to make a place, an opportunity for the devil. We always say the enemy. Paul said the devil is coming. And when he comes, you're going to give him jurisdiction over your spirit. Now, I'm going to open up a whole lot of world. I'm going to open the can, and then I'm going to quit. When you open that door and don't control that anger, he said, you now just gave the enemy, the devil, jurisdiction. He's now the region and the Lord over you, and you got a stronghold in your mind. And once that happens, witchcraft, 
these spirits, the, these things that defy authority, it's the open door for it after that. It's an open door now after that. And watch what else Paul says. He says in that same verse, leave it there. Paul is saying, do not fail to forgive those that hurt you, lest you create an area of jurisdiction for the devil to have authority over you. So now Paul connects it to forgiveness. Folks, there's enough word bouncing off the walls of this room tonight to heal in Zimbabwe. I'm telling you, David, God opened it up. I can see it so clear. Broke minds, put off, put on, put away. Cast down the strongholds in Jesus' name. And when God don't do what you want to do and you get angry at God or you get angry at your friend or you get angry at your kids or you get angry at your boss or you get angry in your marriage, make sure that you quickly resolve that anger. Because if not, there's going to be a stronghold of jurisdiction that the devil's going to have over your family. And when that door swings open, he comes in like a flood. This is why people, that's an anger management Benoit style. God wants to help us, folks. I know I'm using humor here. I'm not trying to be uh, disrespectful to the sanctity of the Spirit of God. What I'm trying to do is just reel you in to understand it's that easy. Because we make it so hard. It's not. It's that easy. Musicians, come. Y'all stand with me. The Lord spoke to me before I came in here earlier today, coming in. And I say he spoke to me. I say that very respectfully and very um, carefully. Not an audible voice, but I felt strongly impressed that the people that would be here tonight, there would be a healing or a beginning of renewing in the mind. One analogy I felt earlier in the day was, it's like every time you step, you feel like you slip. It's like I put my foot down to move forward. And I feel like it's just shifting and I can't, I can't get my footing. Here's why. That part in your mind, your spirit, your heart, it's wounded, it's broke. But tonight, tonight, I believe if you and I will yield ourselves to the Lord, God will start a process for all of us. We all get angry. We all got strongholds. We all got battles in our mind from our past. We all struggle with unforgiveness. Hello, I'm right there. But if we understand it's a necessity and we're all doing it together, it's not quite so bad. Do you believe that God can do that tonight? If you do, lift your hands right now. Jesus, talk to us tonight, Lord. Talk to the heart right now individually. Speak to the heart, Lord, the mind. Come on, just close your eyes. Tilt your head back. Don't worry about everybody else. They're coming with a song. They're going to sing. <clears throat> Come on, just close your eyes right now. Just talk to the Lord right now. Come on, let your mind go through yesterdays and, and things of days gone by. Let's go back to that moment. Let's go back to that moment where there was a tombstone. Maybe you gave up in faith. Maybe that was the day you didn't want to forgive them. Somebody hurt you, wronged you. You got angry at, at what they did. Maybe in the midst of it, it got heated. You know what? God can tear any. There's no thing that you and I has done that God cannot repair chart of blasphemy of the Holy Ghost God's a merciful God and he'll help you and I if we'll just ask him 
Come on, step out of that pew together. Let's all come tonight as a family. And when you come, lift your hand. Lift your voice. Come on, just talk to him right now. Talk to the Lord right now. Let God speak to your heart. Let him speak to your mind. Come on, I've done had my moment earlier today. I said, God, I need you to help me. I want every stronghold things in my mind. If my mind's broke in certain areas, God, I need to have a clear mind that the anointing of God can rest on me. Come on, if you want to do something for God, God wants to heal and renew that mind. Let him heal the mind. Let him refresh it. Come on, let it go back to that day when you first got the Holy Ghost, maybe, and you saw God in such awe and such glory and splendor. There was such joy you and I had on that first day we got the Holy Ghost. We were so excited. Go back to that moment. Pick it up and let it begin now. Let that healing come to your mind. Healing come to your heart and spirit. Forgive them. Let it go. Let anything that would keep you from God. No parent, no child, no spouse is worth losing your salvation. touch every mind. Come on, one more time. Lift your hands. Lift your voice. By the authority of the name of Jesus, God, for that heart that wants it, I'm asking you right now, let the process begin. Be it unto us according to your word, like Mary said. I might not understand how it works, but you've given me enough in your word, God, that if I cast down every evil imagination, thoughts, God, that would try to cloud my judgment in the things of God, it down today. God, let the strength of God come to your people now and healing to the mind. Help me know you are Healing to the mind. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. It's 8.30. We could sing and we could push and you know really what I feel in the Holy Ghost? I want you to try your best to remember the scriptures tonight. And sometime between now and Sunday, spend some time early in the morning in prayer. Take these scriptures and go back and read them. And, and, and let them just kind of sink in your spirit. I found many times there needs to be a response at an altar like we did here tonight. But a lot of times, Brother Roger, when I would hear a message that would, that would grip my heart or my spirit, I would give God a response here in the altar that I receive it. But then when I'd go home, I'd begin to reel that message through my mind and through my spirit and say, God, I need you to help me. So I'm asking us as a church that between now and Sunday, let the words of this message kind of just rehearse in your spirit, your heart, your mind. And when we come back here Sunday, let's come back believing. You know what? Something started in my mind and my heart. God wants a well church, a healed church, a, a church that's got a good, clear mind that he can put a special anointing on for this end time. And if you want to be that one more time, throw your hands up and give God thanksgiving and praise. Jesus, I thank you for your people right now. I thank you for your people right now. I thank you for the anointing I feel in this house. 
I thank you for the anointing that was on your word tonight that we felt in this place, the revelation of your word. God, I thank you. Go with us tonight. I ask you in Jesus' name and bring us back Sunday morning. Natalie.